Welcome back to my podcast, Beyond the Water Cooler. Here we are for the fifth series. As usual, we'll be covering all things that shape employee experience, engagement, performance, and loyalty. And that's a biggie at a time with budget cuts and the workforce feeling the pinch, including increasing pressure at work. We'll be unpicking how leaders show up and create the right culture for people to thrive. One that enables psychological safety, builds team cohesion, and nurtures mental well-being. I'm your host, Lisa. As a psychologist and a psychotherapist in my business, It's Time for Change, I get to make a real difference in the world of people. I help deal with those challenges and questions that consume headspace. So whether that's knowing how best to support people, reduce overwhelm, or develop better ways of working, I'm your soundboard, problem unpicker, and guide to doing things differently that ultimately increase employee happiness and outcomes. My mantra is simple, get people right, get business right. So let's dive in. So today we are rethinking customer experience and customer service. Um, and I'm delighted to be joined by Graham Hill, who's director at Insight 6. So welcome to the show, Graham. Thank you very much, Lisa. Very, very happy to be here. Um, we were just mentioning that it's been a couple of years since you and I've actually spoken. So it's it's good to um get to hear a little bit more about what Insight 6 is up to now, because I think um, I love the direction that I can, it's apparently you're going in, in terms of thinking about employee experience and so on. You were letting me in uh, to a secret that actually you've always thought about that, but now it's becoming a little bit more um, maybe explicit or it's kind of leading your agenda a bit more. So um, when I came across a blog that you wrote recently, actually, where you were talking about um, the high cost of bad employee experience, I was like, actually, you will be a perfect person to talk to on this podcast um, and to help people really think about the connection between um, what employees are experiencing day to day and what customers experience. Um, so before we get into that, tell the listeners a little bit more about Insight 6 and what motivates you in your role. Brilliant. Well, yeah, yeah. thanks for having me again. It's great to be here. And um, yeah, it's, I think, a couple of years since we um, since we. Um, were together and I don't think we've met face to face I think no, it's all been on all been online actually so we'll have to do <laughs> that at some point so um, so Insight 6 we're a we're a customer experience business so what we do is we work with our clients to support them to deliver better experiences for their customers and you can substitute the word customer for um, whatever you call the people that do business with you. It could be clients, it could be students, it could be patients. It's but for me, they're all they're all customers. And um, and interestingly, you could almost think of your your team in in the same way. You know, are they actually a customer of of your business as well? So so what we do is we we work with um, firms across multiple sectors, you know, particularly professional services and education. And we help them measure what the experience is that they're delivering for their customers and for their team. And then what do they need to do to improve that? Because if we improve that and we get that bit right, there's so many kind of benefits that the, that the businesses will get. And um, yeah, what motivates me is, so I've worked in customer experience type roles all my career. And so I, I'm just so interested in what it takes to deliver a great experience for people. And I'm a bit, of a nightmare customer i guess because my standards are, are quite high mm. um but it's really important to me that we we do the right things because i think if we deliver a great customer and team experience it, it's sustainable it's long term it's it's a lot, loads of those those great benefits it's not just a tick box kind of exercise and you know i'm a firm believer in in doing the right things consistently mm. and that's i think what we're what we're all about at inside six and i love the fact that um you are well firstly you're very you're very motivated very passionate about actually just doing the right thing so yeah. some people you know go into business because they come with a great concept it's going to make them loads of money and so on um you're very clear about actually you care about doing the right thing and I love what you say about it being sustainable because you're right that if we do the right thing and it feels right and it's just they're naturally engaging it's a nice experience whatever side you're on you just keep doing it it ends up working itself doesn't it? it just ends up doing its own thing without the all the effort going into it yeah 100 percent. and it's quite interesting i get 
quite a lot of people will come to me, friends or family, and say, oh, I went to this business and they were awful from a customer experience perspective. You should go and help them. Um, usually they don't want our help. We don't tend to work with the businesses that aren't, um, don't really care about what they're doing. Um, we tend to work with the businesses that are really good already and want to be even better. They mm. want to be better for their teams. They want to be better for their customers and they need our help. They've got so far mm. and then they need our help to kind of take them up to the next level. And that's the, it's, um, I, I often say the things that we help people with, they're simple, but they're not easy. The, the challenges around how do you deliver consistently positive experiences for your team and your um, customers. It's easy to do it. You know, it's easy to be great one day and then let those standards slip a little bit the next day. So, but how can you be consistent? Because I think from a, a brand perspective, that's what customers are looking for is that consistency. And um, there's a quote from an American customer experience guy called Chep Hyken. And it's, it's quite a boring quote, but I think it sums it up, which is, the best companies are just a little bit better than average all of the time. So I think that's what we're striving for is be better than everyone else, but just a little bit, but mm. do that consistently. That's a great quote. Mm. I like Good. that. Yeah. So I'm, I also like that whole idea about it's simple, um, but it's not easy because I think a lot, of, you know, when you talk about people, I talk about putting the human factor back into business. And actually, if we just ask the really simple questions to find out what yeah. people know is going on for them and what they know could be better and make their lives easier and make that, you know, performance and productivity better, which often they have that amazing uh, insight. Um, yeah. Actually, it just makes all the difference. And people have tried to overcomplicate stuff so often. And I think, you know, what you just said about um, that you're working with companies who are already quite good at, this stuff I think it's really I think the void is going to really open up between the companies who are not doing this and the companies who are doing it really well because I'm the same I will only work or I will work with companies who are also really struggling but know they want to make a difference know they're really passionate about getting the stuff right for their workforce but don't quite know how or want a bit of you know holding hands going along on that journey and that's fine but the people who are need persuading it's like actually if you're not if you're not on board by now with everything particular that's been going on in the last few years, if you still don't get it, actually you work it out in your own time because that void will be so enormous. You will have to face the facts at some point when essentially you don't have a, a workforce left. Yeah, a hundred percent. And from a customer experience perspective, we see everything's changing. I think the customer expectations have increased. I think since the pandemic is what we're seeing. And, you know, with things like artificial intelligence coming in, that's uh, we work with a lot of law firms and, you know, I think that's going to revolutionize the, the law sector. But I also think that there will always be a need for uh, great law firms with fantastic team members, given a brilliant experience. People will still want that. But I think the, the pot will shrink a little bit. Mm -hmm. the, you know, online law firms will, will um, use artificial intelligence to do lots of the kind of grunt work, if you like, and mm -hmm. the pot will shrink. So, yeah, the firms and, and businesses that aren't investing in you know, employee experience, customer experience now, you know, if we look to the future, it's going to be, you know, think about what happened with the high street. And um, there's an interesting study that I like to talk about, which uh, a few years ago, a thousand customers were asked of all the brands that have disappeared from the high street, which one do you miss the most? Uh, what do you think might come out on top? Oh, my goodness. Put you on the spot. Something like, oh, I'm trying to think, like, what could be anything like Debenhams or? Yeah. So it's um. So the answer was none of them. So the answer that came out highest was none of them, which wow. I think is really interesting because that shows to me one of the reasons they're not with us anymore is because they weren't giving their customers what they wanted. So yeah, the worrying thing for lots of sectors is if we don't give our customers what they need, then yeah, there they could be risks in the future, definitely. And it's really interesting because my response about Debenhams, <laughs> which might sound slightly random, is because mm. I was thinking that within Debenhams, they have all the other stores inside. Yeah. So it's like, actually, that's almost a collective of so many. Like if that, that'd be one place you go to and you get lots of different experiences within it. Yeah. But as you say, it, if it's, 
it doesn't stand it's not delivering what people are, are wanting yeah and that's the crucial thing at the moment and, you, and that's from a team and an, i think an employee experience piece as well it's you know there's no there's no jobs for life anymore is there it's you don't go into a company after you leave school or university and stay there for 20 30 years you'll if you're good at what you do you'll move for mm. Uh, somewhere where the experience is right where the values of that organization align with yours and i think if we're not investing in those things as organizations you know we'll lose we won't just lose our customers we'll lose our, our best mm. talent as well so have you seen um a shift in terms of kind of putting you know from customers being it's always about it's all about the customers it's all about making sure that they're happy has there been a shift or has it been something that people have always been aware of, but maybe have, hasn't been so well, so much, so much talked about. It's not been so um, publicized in terms of rather than just focusing on it's all about the customers. It's actually, it's all about our employees because we need to get that bit right in order for the customer experience. No, I, I think it's a really interesting question. And so, so I'm not sure whether it's, we've seen the shift in it. I think it's around Certain client, different companies are on different stages of their journey with that. But I think what we see and what we've tried to always encourage with our clients is it's very difficult for employees and team members that aren't engaged to deliver a great experience for their customers. That is very, very challenging to do. And so we'll do things when we're working with a client in that if we start working with a client for the first time we'll we'll do what we call a baseline which is we'll measure what the experience is like for their customers and we'll do that through mystery shopping to look at the behaviors we'll do it through client surveys but we'll also say to them you have to ask your team as well you have to find out how do your team feel about working for you and how do your team feel the organization is currently delivering for their customers and there's usually a um, goldmine of information in there it's quite often a disconnect between what the what the team think mm. and what the um, what the senior execs think. Um, there's often a disconnect between what the senior execs think and what their customers think as well. So there was some interesting research done around that, and it found that eighty percent of business owners or CEOs felt their business delivered a superior customer experience. But when you ask their customers, eight percent of them agreed. So. Oh. There's this massive gap and actually there'll be similar gaps within the employee experience space as well. So, yeah, we need before we recommend how we can help an organization, we need to understand what do their clients think? What are the behaviors like of the team and what do the team think about how they're delivering for their customers and what it's like to work for that organization? And you put all of that together, that gives you a really good picture of what what's going well, but equally what support a business might need um it's but it's around um it's kind of inputs versus outputs isn't it it's mm -hmm. kind of it's i don't know if you find this but we find that the stuff that we do around client experience can be quite it often doesn't give an, an instant uplift in profitability for example it's a longer longer term bit of work to deliver sustainable um growth sustainable improvement etc but often it's easy to just go oh well no we'll just invest more in marketing we'll just oh, invest yeah. more in pay-per-click to get more people on our website yeah oh absolutely because yeah. it's because all that stuff about employee experience is essentially about your your culture you know what it feels like yeah. here how we do things and that means about that's engaging people's behavior and finding out what their beliefs really are and um just changing people's awareness you know you just managers we know are the biggest connection between um employees who particularly work remotely and their company culture but these poor managers have got all these demands on them like well you've just got to make sure that everyone knows and, and everyone's having the same experience well how on earth do people do that unless they have been supported to do that um yeah. so yeah and and that takes time and it, and it's very very doable it's it's some you know that's a space i spend a, a lot of my time and people are really soaking that up now because actually they're feeling quite anxious and you know overwhelmed and a bit out of their depths with i'm supposed to 
you know, making sure that my team are happy and making sure that I know how to support them and so on. And actually, I'm really afraid of opening my mouth because what might I find? Yeah, yeah. Um, but actually, if we don't do that stuff, then when we don't make a real difference. But those changes take time. It's not a it's not an overnight magic wand. Yeah, yeah, 100 percent. And it's it's having you. I completely agree that kind of layer of managers, supervisors is so important for the stuff that we do as well. And mm we often see the things that slip are reviews with the team, giving feedback after a a customer issue or a great customer experience, you know, because they're so focused on Mm. having to do the doing and do the task and deliver because expectations are so high. So I think from the very top, the culture needs to be set that this, um, this is what we do. And this is, we we put it on the agenda and now from a a customer experience perspective, now Amazon, whether you love them or loathe them they do cx very well and mm. uh, and they're all of their board meetings they'll have an empty chair in the board meeting and that will represent the customer so that every decision that they make has to be run through that empty chair before they um before they can move on and you know i think that's from a team engagement perspective that needs to be that should be there as well you know it's it's about yeah. how does it impact those people that influence what our outputs are yeah decisions that we make i like the empty chair and also i like when you have those meetings is to have an item on the agenda pretty high up as one of the key discussion points which essentially is a gap Mm. and it's about this is where we talk about what is front of mind in terms of how things are feeling at the moment um and that can just be anything that's that needs addressing that needs exploring and understanding and as soon as you create that space, like you said, if you don't have those spaces to reflect, um, it's like why after, after action reviews are great, because it means that people have to sit down and consciously review just by some great, simple review questions. And how does it feel and what were you trying to achieve? And did we do it? And what could we do better? And there's that really obvious stuff that seems to be sidelined because, as you say, people are so busy running full steam ahead. No one's actually stopping to pause and look at the data around them and, you know, change things so that it can be better yeah 100 and there's but there are examples of businesses that do it really well and um i talk about um so the ritz carlton hotels particularly in the states they their whole values their ethos and everything is around delivering exceptional experience for their customers yeah i've got they kind of some notes that they they say as part of their values is you know i build strong relationships and create guests for life I'm empowered to create unique, memorable and personal experiences for our guests. And they do things like they'll have a meeting, team meeting. Um, um, I can't remember whether once a month or once a week. The only item on the agenda is what have you done since the last meeting to wow your customers and your guests? Wow. And that for me, that's where culture kind of comes into it is around where we're putting so much emphasis on this and the team are empowered to make decisions to wow their their guests. And I'll tell you a really quick story about it, which normally there's some visuals that we can share around this story, but it which make it a, a bit better, but I'll try and bring it to life. But they um a, a young lad called Riley left his soft toy at a Ritz Carlton Hotel, a little cuddly, um, little cuddly um giraffe thing, I think it was called Joshi. And so the dad phoned up, um, they said, yeah, we'll send it back. A couple of days later, Joshi arrives back at the um, at Riley's house. But it wasn't just the soft toy. There was a, f- a letter and there was a folder full of photos. And the letter said something like, we found this guy. Um, he was a bit anxious after you left. And there was a picture of Joshi by the swimming pool. We thought he was a bit stressed. So we sent him to the spa. There's a picture of Joshi in the spa having a massage. Um, we let him have a drive on the beach. There's a picture of him on the truck on the beach. Um, he made loads of new friends. And there's another picture with him surrounded by loads of other cuddly toys. Um, he helped us in the loss prevention department and we made him his own little badge that they sent back. <laughs> That's a brilliant example of when I think customer experience and culture align. So good would have been just sending Joshi back in the post. That would have been good. But because the team are empowered to do something a little bit differently, to really wow their guests, they spend do something like that, 
which um, you know, that's quite a famous story in customer experience land. You could Google that and there's TED Talks on it and, and mm. things. And it was in 2012 and it went viral. It was amazing. So the, the benefits of that mm. and that strategy are, um, yeah, are, are really clear. And um, yeah, from a team engagement perspective, you wouldn't want to work in a kind of place like that where you're allowed to, you know, go over and above to, to wow your guests. And I, and I, that, that's such a brilliant story. And I love that, you know, you've hit the nail on the head by talking about kind of creativity and empowerment and so on. And that's, that's, those are kind of key ingredients, aren't they, for that culture where people can just think outside the box a little bit and they can think about the big picture rather than my specific role, which could be picking up Joshy and taking it to the post room. It's like, actually, what can I do to make this feel fun? Because it would have actually been a lot of fun for the guys who are involved in taking the the photographs. And, you know, that's put so many smiles on so many faces and just created such a lot of positive conversation, positive energy from it. But people are tend to just be so everything feels like very intense at the moment and no one has an opportunity to step back. And we know that, you know, gosh, we're just the stuff happening around the world at the moment and strikes and the cost of living crisis and everything else levels of stress are so high and everyone seems to be sort of heads down running 100 miles now which a lot of people said we're not going to do after the pandemic we've learned lots of lessons we're going to be take everything a bit slower and of course as you said everything feels like it's going faster and it's um it just feels more intense and of course stress levels going up and you know hyper arousal kills creativity it really affects empathy really affects our ability to communicate well and to put ourselves in other people's shoes and to think about what's the best way of responding to a particular situation so it's a disaster for companies who are trying to please their customers with this stressed out workforce um but then and they're not addressing it (laughs) yeah it's so true that's because they're all the ingredients of a great customer experience empathy emotional intelligence that's what makes the the good kind of stand out from the, the very, very very best in terms of in terms of cx stuff and um yeah you're right the, the we kind of came out of covid thinking oh we've spent all this time we focused on what's important and time with loved ones and everything now it feels like almost making up for lost time mm. trying to cram everything in running at 100 mile an hour and um mm. there are other challenges as well i think that staff kind of recruitment of great people and retention of great people is is a struggle that we see in almost every business that we work with mm. whether it's a law firm struggling to find conveyances or a farm park struggling to find hospitality staff it's really difficult and that puts loads more pressure on because then you may be running on reduced staff so how can you give a great experience when you're doing that um you're spending so much time training up new starters that you know, there's there's this constant kind of churn that you get. So mm. how can you how can you um, deliver excellence when you're doing that? So it's mm. that's a real struggle as well that we're finding. I don't know if you're seeing that around massively. And I was talking at an event last week about um, you know, we were discussing salaries and whether actually people just want more and more money now, particularly with the, the current climate. And I was explaining some of the the research which shows people are still they will go for a job in a company where the values align. Yeah. So actually those values that that culture is the big draw and obviously salaries are, is a big part of it but people aren't going to stick around where they don't feel psychologically safe where they don't feel um recognized and they don't have some sense of autonomy and you know all those you know the, just the ability to be themselves be authentic and ask questions and challenge and so on and just all the kind of key ingredients for people to be able to thrive if they're not experiencing that then they're they're out of there and they're not going to be going to to companies who aren't making it very clear that that's what they're prioritizing but as you say the the issue then is those companies where people are leaving or not recruiting because perhaps they haven't really thought through what the culture is like and making sure that making the experience for employees as as good as possible um it's creating a lot more stress for the for the remaining people who are covering um you know you've got temps and i know companies i'm working with who have got temps in covering roles and of course they're not going to be doing great things for customers because they're they are they're a short-term person who's trying yeah, to yeah. get to speed on stuff um yeah. and this and these companies are getting in this cycle aren't they just going round and round um 
and and not just literally put the brakes on and going right hang on what is really going on here and like you said earlier do we just keep focusing on the marketing and everything else or do we just go right back to basics and look at the foundations and say what's going on within our company to where it's which you know that that's the bit we need to focus on first in order to be able to do everything else in an amazing way yeah yeah i i completely agree and i think we um we'll go into our businesses that we work with and and we'll we'll do a number of things we'll kind of work on the end-to-end piece but training's a big part of what we do the training on the customer experience and um kind of touching on leadership stuff as well but from a customer experience perspective it's normally not the skills that are the important objective for the end of that training because the skills themselves are fairly straightforward to train it's we want people to leave that wanting to do it, being engaged, understanding the why, um, having support mechanisms in place to help them kind of play around with things and make mistakes. But it's so it's not those skills. It's the it's the engagement behind it. It's the motivation behind it. They're the things that we need to we need to work on. And that's that's culture. That's back to kind of um, Ritz Carlton. And that's from the very top. These are their their messages on how they want to interact with organizations and it's you know we talk about the stuff that we support businesses with is it's inherently quite simple but it's not easy and that's where we try and support and to make things easier culture is important alignment across the organization is is so important um and i personally think people that work in a customer facing role or client facing role have one of the hardest jobs out there because mm. they need to make that person they're interacting with feel that that's the first person they've interacted with all week. And they might be having the same conversation that they've had 20 times that week. So how do we, and they're only going to give that great experience if they're engaged in particularly the why, why am I doing this? Yeah. Why is it important? You know, and you know, Disney's a great example of that. Disney, um, they call their, their team members cast members. So mm. that's everyone. Doesn't matter if you're sweeping the sides or um, you know, in the Mickey Mouse costume. They call you a cast member because you're there on stage to you know, create the happiest place in the world. And you know, I think there's a certain element of that everywhere. Really, it's mm. um, it takes us back really to we talk a lot about customer experience, and it used to be we talk about customer service, and customer service is just the act of you interacting with a customer. Customer experience is everything, the sum of all of the interactions, but crucially about how you make people feel. And I think that's the same from an employee experience as well. It's it's how do you make your team feel? Do they feel really bought into delivering the great experiences for you? Um, mm. And if they do, I think you're onto a winner. But to get them feeling that way, it's not a let's do one training course and tick a box and say that we've trained people on customer experience and then forget about it for another year. Yeah, you you and I are so on the same page with that kind of anti-single workshop tick box approach because it just doesn't change anything. And, you know, the why, you know, what motivates you to Mm. be here and do what you do, you need to ask really good questions and you need to shape, you know, you need to identify what the issues are from that and then shape what happens in terms of filling gaps or just helping people understand a different perspective and um and sometimes just going back to that the basics of you know how do you want to feel as a customer how do you want to feel as an employee now what is your actual experience like and you know where is that you know look, let's look at the disconnect and then let's look at what we can do just to make that more aligned and if you just it's, it's as you say it's simple but it's but it's having the it's having the motivation to even have the interest and taking the time to invest in that side of the people in your business rather than just keep looking at the you know the um profit or profit line or whatever it is which is what you said earlier that takes a while to come through you've yeah. got to start with something that's a little bit um it's a little bit harder to to measure immediately when we're talking about attitudes and motivations and so on there are obviously lots of surveys and so on but in terms of bottom line which is what some people are still kind of just looking at you they it's, it's a longer picture isn't it it's a longer game yeah oh, completely and but doing this stuff absolutely will impact on that bottom line those tangible numbers it just yeah. 
might not be that spike in next week that you want. And yeah. and you explained something there, which is again is linked really closely to what we do. We so we um we have a six stage model that we work through our clients with from kind of start to um kind of continuing working with them and, and making these changes. And the first step of it we call our inspire session. And that is where we pull the key stakeholders together and we do exactly what you said. What do customers and our team what do they currently see, hear and feel about us as an organization? What do we want them to see, hear and feel in the future? How do we close that gap? Mm. That's the first stage of any organization that works with us is um, that helps us with things like a customer experience strategy. Um, mm. Interestingly, just on that, we um, we presented a, a, a legal conference, I think in North Wales um, a few weeks ago, and another speaker had done something where they they looked at 30 law firms that were there, looked at their websites, how many of them said they focus on customer experience on their website? It was all of them. And then we asked them, how many of you have got a customer experience strategy? I think one hand went up. Mm. So I think you can probably, you probably come across similar things from an employee engagement experience mm. as well. You know, we look after our people, we, we do great stuff. Work. Actually, what, what's the strategy around that? What's the actual tangible plan? Oh yeah. we. <laughs> we haven't actually got one <laughs> oh, got or one, really. we've got one that's kind of written over here that sits with this one individual who and they're yeah. the only person who knows about it because you know when we're you know talking about employee experience actually that will feed into customer experience that'll also feed into your mental health agenda whatever you're talking about well-being in your organization um and it and it feeds into so many like every it feeds in so many aspects every company I speak to is like oh we've got this problem over here and we're just focusing on that go back to your foundation and it's just yeah. like link it up with, and make sure your strategy connects all the dots and people yeah. still end up working their little silos yeah 100 oh, percent. and but we see it done well in not as often as I'd like I think but it's but when you see it done well it's amazing and I think we're yeah. working with a um, great local law firm at the moment we're about a year into it and um the CEO, the chief exec's really on board and is kind of spearheading it, which I think is really important. And but I think back from what we've done over the last 12 months, from doing that launch session, doing what we call the baseline, as I said, where we measure it actually what's happening and what's going on. Um, and then presentations at conferences, partner meetings, individual um one-on-ones, reviewing the results of the team serving and going back with clear, tangible actions. I've changed the strap line of the organization now to um, exceptional service personal to you. So they're going out there and saying, this is what we are all about as an organization. And that's a year's worth of work to get us to here. Mm. And now it's about embedding all of that stuff going forward for probably the next year. But we've, we've trained the whole firm. We've done multiple sessions with other people. We've done one-to-one coaching with any with everyone to get the why across. Mm. And, we, and, that, and that's got us to where we are. And yes, we've made progress and that's brilliant. But the progress now is going to kind of exponentially grow in, in a way now that we've set those foundations up really well. And mm. I think a firm like that, with the changes that are going to happen in that sector, they're now set up really well for success in the future. We have other firms that will say, oh, can you come in and run a half day session on customer experience for us? Because that's all, all we can do this year. So, well, no, not really. It's, it's no. not going to do anything. It's not going to change anything. No. And I think that, you know, what you were touching on earlier about um, AI, the future of work is, is going to be all about how people engage with AI. Yeah. And that personal bit is going to, that's the bit that's, we we still need people because we can't, technology is not going to take over everything. Yeah. But the number of companies who are still not thinking about the future of work in terms of uh, how, how we design, how we do things in terms of the people. So knowing that we've got to be agile, you know, are people ready for change? Are they... Um, able they empower to kind of be uh to experiment to know that to not be afraid of what they don't know at the moment and lots of people are talking i was at a conference um a couple of months ago and people were talking a lot about um artificial intelligence there and there were there were people who you could see are really anxious about how's this going to affect my role but if people aren't 
that's a that's a really simple example of if people aren't talking about this stuff that is looming and some people are really excited by it but some people are really daunted by it that's going to impact on people's ability to engage well because they're worried about what it's going to mean for them if you've got a company that is embracing change and looking at these new opportunities and and kind of seeing as an exciting time to do something different and we might get things wrong we might some of us might not be so good at it and we might need more hand-holding than others but that's okay and we're going to take it one step at a time and and just having a, an environment where people aren't afraid of what of the change or the uncertainty that's coming if we can plan that into a strategy then that makes all the difference because it just it just relieves some of that anxiety about the pace of change that's happening and is catching some people off guard yeah i completely agree and um i think you talked about there around kind of elements of things like psychological safety mm. and you know, that we see that quite a lot as well not just in change but also openness to feedback mm. we're an insight business so we'll go in and survey clients and and employees and run mystery shop exercises so a lot of what we do is, is sharing feedback mm. and um i think that's similar to the change piece and that there are so many organizations that are so scared of that mm. they don't want to ask from the very top because they're scared of what they're going to find out the team are really nervous around doing anything like that because oh, what's going to happen and are you going to try to catch me out and yeah you need to manage that element of it really really closely and 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 we see lots of organizations that might you know we'll run a regular mystery shop program for example they will be adamant that we cannot share who's been involved in that program because of fear of people don't feel safe enough to talk about where maybe mm. things have gone quite as well as they've liked we have other organizations which yeah brilliant we'll, we'll stick it up on the notice board and we'll email out exactly what's happened good and bad and we'll celebrate all the successes and you know, but there's so many that are really fearful of you know actually trying to find out what they're doing um and i think that's similar to the mm. fear of change and you know all that kind of not feeling psychologically safe in what the organization's trying to do and how it's so, delivered so is it so you know you're you're describing some really um good kind of cases where people are uh, getting on board with engaging much more with employee experience agenda. Is your data showing the impact that's having on the customer experience? Like it, because your, because your approach now is we are, we are insisting <laughs> that mm -hmm. uh, we want to know what your employees uh, experience is like, what their perception of the world of work is like, um, as well as the, the customers so you've kind of got a two-pronged um, approach. Are you? Is your data showing that the clear connection between what employees are experiencing and what customers are experiencing? Yeah. So, so we've got our data, and there's some studies out there as well. So, so our data, we have a, um, a survey tool called Instant Insight uh, that we've developed in-house, and we use that with our clients to measure um, employee experience, and we use it to employ um, measure client experience as well. And we also run things like mystery shopping exercises, and we obviously get the financial performance of the of the companies. So we stick all that into the mix, which gives us a really accurate picture of um, of what's happening within that organisation. Mm. And yeah, anecdotally, we see a really clear link between those that are focused on employee engagement, and then the customer experience measures, and then the um, the profitability of the organization there is a clear kind of chain within that mm. and we see that at a local level with us and you know there's kind of some studies around I mean, there was one queen's university center for business they did a 10-year study looking at employee engagement and other metrics and they found that those organizations that are really have an engaged culture 30 percent increase in satis customer satisfaction and 15 percent employee productivity so that's that's kind of massive. And then if you can improve your customer satisfaction and kind of recommendations, there's also studies to say that, um, I think it'd be here, that customer-centric companies are 60% more profitable than those that don't focus on their customers. So it does, it does work. The evidence is there to say that this approach works, but it's not easy is it it's... it's not easy but i think also you know you you were talking earlier about um 
motivation. And if people are in their job and they understand the why, what they're doing, and they're motivated by just being part of the team, part of doing whatever it is that they're doing within their company, and they are they really are invested in in the reason that they're doing their job, actually to then get the feedback from the customers who are happy customers in the, and the feedback coming back makes, you know, that has a direct impact as well on the employees who are much more likely to then carry on behaving in a way that's going to, so you then end up getting that into that cycle, don't you? And so I think, because a, a lot of the time when I'm speaking to companies around getting their experience right, they say, well, this is a huge amount for managers to take on, huge amount for leaders to kind of rethink, you know, their leadership style and are they aligned as a team and so on but you've only you've got to kind of kickstart that initially but then the feedback loop is the thing that maintains it. what you talk about in terms of being sustainable as an individual you know as human beings we are social creatures we thrive on human interaction and if we're getting positive feedback it's motivating it changes our energy levels it makes us want to do more of it and it literally has a, a change in our in our brains and our behavior and our energy levels and of course then that just keeps on going doesn't it it's it's 100 uh, and that's our whole talked about that six step model that we that we mm. use with our clients that's exactly that so we do that first stage of measuring where we want to be and at that first stage we agree and define some just simple processes so what's the communication engagement process for this project that you're working with us on and then what are we doing around recognition and what are we doing around feedback? So someone gets a great bit of employee feedback, uh, customer feedback, or we do some mystery shopping that's really, really positive. How are we going to celebrate that? And, and that could be, you know, some of our companies, they print out, they get a mug done saying, I got 100% on my mystery shop. Um, others say, if we hit this target, we're going to donate this amount at the end of our year to our charity partner. Depends on the what's right for the organization. Mm. Um, but then what, what, What's the feedback? So let's say something doesn't go well. Someone has a negative bit of feedback or poor mystery shop result. What happens then? Because that's what the team are worried about. It's human nature, isn't it? You're like, well, what's going to happen to me if I don't do this perfectly? And you can't be perfect all the time. But so what we encourage people to do in that situation is you look at the trend. You don't look at the in that individual piece of data. You put that data in with everything else and you say, yeah, is that an issue in two months' time across a, a representative sample? Fine, we need to work on that then. Is it one person who's had a really bad day and the kid's been sick in the morning and they picked up the phone and they weren't in the right frame of mind and they didn't do what they'd normally do? That's that's fine, that happens, doesn't it? But what's the, what's the kind of trend saying? And then the second piece is once we identify what needs to happen, we might put a plan in place to help that can involve training or coaching or mentoring or customer journey mapping, lots of different things. But there has to be something after that. There has to be ongoing measurement to make sure that we're embedding those behaviours that we want to embed. There has to be recognition. There has to be feedback. There has to be that that loop. And you now I was giving feedback to people this morning um, who work in a, in, in a law firm about their client experience. I had one of them punch in the air. Going like yes, mm -hmm. done it because they've they the feedback says they've done the stuff that is a focus for the for the organisation to deliver better client experience and ultimately convert more 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 leads to business and they did it every time mm -hmm. and they were punching the air for it which is brilliant that, so that's what we want is that kind of stuff we don't want people that are really fearful of oh what happens if I get it wrong yeah, it's yeah. about where are the opportunities what how can we get it right and celebrate when when we do get it right. And it and that's all comes back again. We keep mentioning it's the psychological safety, doesn't it? And I think um, just normalizing these conversations and normalizing having being able to talk openly and and honestly about the feedback and embracing feedback when it's not glowing to say, okay, well, what happened? Okay, you're having a bad day. Great, we acknowledge you're human. And actually, then because that there's a sense of relief that we are we are okay with people having off days or if it's not um just an off day and there, there is a trend okay well how do we learn from that and how do we support people rather than punish them so the whole it's just again it's that change of focus in terms of we all collectively want to be 
doing a great job and feeling good about what we do. So we need to find what's not quite working without any sense of blame or shame. Um, Actually, I've um, just uh, put together a resource about normalizing conversations for managers to use um, for Mental Health Awareness Week, focusing on anxiety. Mm. Normalizing the conversation is a framework to have with your team, a conversation with your team about anxiety. And actually, but it's a conversation framework because people say, what if I ask, I don't know much about it in terms of leading a conversation or what if they say this or what do I do about that? And it's the fear that stops people having the conversations. And if the more we have them, they just become a normal part of daily life. You know, that feedback, that recognition and so on just becomes what we do rather than having to make a conscious effort all the time. Yeah, 100%. And so we talk when we're giving feedback and before any kind of feedback session, um, whether that's one to one or group, we'll say a couple of things. And one is around you know, when we think feedback is the breakfast of champions. So actually, if you want to do well, you need feedback and you look at anyone really that's been successful in any field whether it's elite sport or business I think about a sportsman they all have a team of coaches nutritionists you know that will be giving them feedback on every minute detail of what they're doing taking that feedback on board and doing something with it and the second is that is feedback it's just management information it's just information to help you decide what you do are you delivering on your strategy do you need to make changes what's the data telling us oh we'll make a decision it doesn't mean you jump on everything that says that isn't quite right. So actually, what's the? How does that fit with a bigger picture? Mm. And, um, and the final thing is that, that it's feedback's data, not judgment. It's just inf- It's not a personal judgment on you or anything you've done. It's information. It's data to help us decide if we're doing the right things or if we need to change or pivot. Um, and the more you do that, it becomes those conversations become really easy. But to start off with, there's a that's feel a bit icky doesn't it at times to you know to think that you're getting that feedback but yeah once you've done that a few times it's fine so are the companies you're working with embracing this focus on employee experience as well now so the companies um who you might have been working with for longer who haven't necessarily drilled down so much into that specific aspect are they slightly reluctant are they welcoming this because actually it's a bit of a bonus because they know they should be doing it anyway and they're now getting it through you when they're talking about um, customer experience what's been the the response so i would say there is a mix um there is a mix i think those that are really embracing the journey and are in it for the long haul it's just part of it it's just Mm. a fundamental fact is if we want this um, sustainable consistent business we need to be focusing on what our customers are feeling and also we need that comes from the the um the input from that is our teams actually just as an aside when we're running a training session we we might we run a session where we'll say who are all of your customers paying customers existing customers and then what who else suppliers anyone that forms a perception of a business what about your team and the, the output of that section is well, actually your most important customer. They are the ones that will determine whether you kind of um, whether you deliver this strategy or not. Um, but in terms of organizations embracing kind of employee experience and, and customer experience, probably the single biggest factor we see is the leader at the top. Is that person at the very top or into this or not? And if they are, it makes it a far easier journey to support them on. Um, if they're not, it's hard. Mm. Yeah, it's hard. It's yeah. You you'll come across that a lot. I'm sure it's the you know, if that person has a vested interest in it and is sponsoring the the work, then yeah. everyone tends to rally behind and get stuck in. If it's seen as because it can still be seen as well, this is not a direct influencer of yeah. what we need and. You know, it's not really tangible. Can't see the results of it straight away. And that's when we we find that harder. Um, yeah. That buy-in from the very top. The other thing I see, I see that a lot. And the other thing I see is when you have leaders saying, yeah, I really want us to focus on the experience here. We know it's not fulfilling um, for our employees. And then so you start engaging with the work and then it transpires that a lot of the issues are to do with the leader and the leader doesn't want the feedback so it's like it's okay to do all the stuff here because it's not about me 
it's about everyone else. (laughs) And then you've got to have that very uh, frank conversation, which is about actually it does start with the leadership and um, and trying to very gently bring them on board in terms of just some of the little tweaks they can do. And there's lots of great ways um, you can go about that so you don't feel that they're under the spotlight. But actually, that's a just a, another little level of complication when it's it's all about them and what they need to do. And I'm I'm fine. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we do see that a lot. And there are, often people will engage with us around the customer experience piece, but be really quite hesitant with the employee experience piece. And when you dig a little deeper, mm. it's about that. It's about, yeah. I don't want I don't want to hear about me and, and and there's loads of reasons why that can be. You know, it could be people. People know that they've not done a good enough job from an employee experience perspective because of all the other challenges that they've got on them. It's it's often not um, yeah, it's often understandable where they are, and you can see why people would make those decisions. Yeah. Um, and it's trying to support them in that kind of process, really, of thinking, mm. well, what is? And that's where the the benefits, the why, the kind of mm. almost what's in it for me. Mm. So we do a lot of that work with our clients. So what's if we if we change our approach, what are the benefits for you as an individual? Mm. And that can be the leader or that can be the team member. What are the benefits to the business as a whole? Mm. And then what are the business benefits to the customer? And if we can get really clear on those, uh, then that can really help us in terms of landing it at all levels as well. Yeah. But, yeah. but I think also that, um, you know, what you're saying about, you know, it's, it's understanding why the leader is doing what they're doing you know what why is it that they're they're providing the experience that they are providing and it could be um for a whole host of reasons it doesn't really matter what is potentially getting in the way for them um, in terms of providing the most brilliant experience but I think there's often that feeling of I should be getting this right and I'm going to be judged and feeling slightly embarrassed or um there's so many there's so many it's such an emotional response when you when you know or you're you then discover that you're not doing the best you could be doing and actually to have that you know you'll have this from the coaching you do and when I'm engaging with those leaders just to go and stand by them in their space and the first thing I do is just normalize how they're feeling and just explain just you know whether it's just about the pressure they're under or whatever is going on for them that actually how they're feeling is completely understandable and no one's judging and this is a safe space in which you can offload and explore and just say this is this is the real me and this is what's really going on and I'm not sure about this or I know I screwed up on that or this has just come to life and I don't know what to do with it and I think having you know those people in those leadership positions it's such a lonely position to be in uh, particularly when we just don't no one knows everything everyone's going to make mistakes and we need to challenge this expectation of perfect yeah. but having someone that you can just be yourself with and just say this is how I really feel is so so important yeah uh, it, completely and it's um I think a, a lot of it can be on previous experiences as well mm. I think we find that if leaders have had a previously negative experience with um you know things that we see maybe um yeah, I've worked in an organization before when employee engagement scores were a key part of the bonus for team members. Yeah. Now that, that can cause real challenges. You know, yeah. We've seen real issues with that. And equally, we see the same thing with um, client or customer feedback scores. Mm. So the behaviors that it breeds actually end up doing more harm than good. Mm. And sometimes we find leaders that have been in an organization like that, or maybe it's their organization still, where they think, well, no, it's, it's not giving us a benefit because mm. you know, it's actually almost causing more problems. And um, yeah, that can be a concern. So as you say, it's trying to find out what's what's behind their thought process, what's their thinking, and how can we kind of unlock that? Because um, if we don't, it's going to be hard. And part to... of that is then about designing the future of your work around mm. creating space for those leaders and for those managers to just reflect on the process to reflect on how they're engaging how they're interacting with their workforce um how they're getting the information how they're feeding back and doing all the the some of the soft skill stuff and just some of that process which is often just shoved aside in terms of let's just focus on 
what I think is my day job. And it's re for me, it's about rethinking what the role of leaders slash managers is. And we've got to really increase that proportion of their role, which is about the people rather than being a nice little bolt on on the side. And actually, I'm really all about this bit over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's we, we see it loads and you probably do as well around quite often people get promoted up because mm. they're great at the job that they did before. Mm. And that might be in we might be sales, you know, it might be an engineer, whatever that looks like. But the skill set now to lead a team of engineers or a team of salespeople is so different. Yeah. And if they go, you were great at this, you should be yeah. able to lead this. Oh, it's not. And and I think even just the skill set that's changed in what is required of managers from pre-pandemic to now, because the workforce has changed so much, yeah. you know, how we work has changed so much that people who engage with um, sort of manager development programs three or four years ago, well, actually we still need to, it doesn't sound that long, but so much change has happened. We need to review that and ask managers, do they still feel competent and confident in what they're doing? Because a lot of people are shaking their heads and again, don't want to put their hand up. They're like, well, I've just, I've been on a program or I've been on a half day workshop. I'm supposed to be fixed. (laughs) So Graham, what would be um, two or three actions that you would like to see business leaders going away with um to make the kind of biggest difference to employee experience so, so i think for me so i think there's so there's a couple of really biggies and then i'll probably give two or three that are more around mm. uh, from a client customer experience perspective as well so i think that just having a clear strategy around your employee experience is number one because i think that we, we don't we don't see that very often that people have got that strategy and then and this is a really broad one, but really focusing on the, the positive culture. Um, I think there's that's massive, but I think they're the kind of bedrocks of it. But but for us, I think investing in the development of your team. So f- particularly with a customer experience lens on, we I mean I fundamentally believe training's not just something that you do once. You know, training, development, coaching on the job, social support, mentoring, all of that stuff in a really clear plan. Um, I think is crucial that we're not just ticking a box and saying, yeah, we've done training now. That's done now for the year. It's not. It's an ongoing process and it's not just classroom based. It's it's all the other elements of it as well. And then I think crucially, it's it's asking for feedback. So gaining, getting feedback from your team, not just once a year on its annual, on your annual survey, but really regularly throughout the the lifetime of a of a team member with you is so so important and you know our our tool that we develop does that it gets it really regularly so little bits of feedback really regularly because you can you can spot issues quickly that you can then resolve quickly Mm -hmm. um and in face-to-face kind of more um kind of a review base as well rather than just kind of survey tools and measure it you know we have i have a very simple model in effect when we're trying to deliver a change within an organization is look at people process and measure so people have we got the right people have we engaged them in the why as we're doing this and have they got the skills that we need them to deliver it is the process set up to support them rather than hinder them um have we making it easy for them to deliver what um, great looks like and then how are we measuring it you know are we measuring all of the key levers that are determining whether we're on track for that strategy. So if we hit people, process and measure, um, and we're doing all of those three, I think we've got a good chance of of landing that change. Graeme, you have been awesome to talk to. I knew I'd love this conversation when I read your blog and I was like, this is just, for me, this is just all about um, what what is the bedrock of um, companies now? And it has to be around culture, employee experience, and that just feeds out to everything else that a company is all about. And I think you have described it brilliantly, um, how anyone can listen to this conversation and not get the connection. <laughs> it's like, yeah. for goodness sake. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's been great. I've really enjoyed it. It's been brilliant. Yeah. I want, I want to finish by asking a blind okay. question. Uh, okay. and, I, and this one made me chuckle when, um, when I uh, heard which one was coming up because a, a guest I spoke to recently called Gail Cohen, who... Um, leads the gift card voucher association gcba she asked this question what's one tip you would pass on to anybody now this doesn't have to be work related 
hers was to moisturize your neck and not just your face. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I just wanted to drop that in as a little bit of context. So what's one tip you would pass on to anybody, Graham? Ah, that's that's really good. So I would say, and this comes from, um, I've got quite into Stoic philosophy recently. So I think a lot of reading around Stoicism, I think it's been really beneficial for me. And a crucial part of Stoic philosophy is what's called the dichotomy of control, which is basically, in a nutshell, just focus on the things that you can control and not the things outside of your control. I think if we focus on things outside of our control, we can't do anything about it. We get more anxious, we get more worried, we get frustrated, angry, whatever, but because we can't change it. So focus on the things that you can control and how you react and respond to things. I think that for me is a pretty, um, pretty good tip that covers most bases. I would completely agree. That's a great one. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, Graham, thank you. And we're going to put your contact details um, and any resources and so on that you want to signpost people to in the show okay. notes so people can contact you and find out more. But um, thank you once again for today. I've really enjoyed it. No, thank you very much. A pleasure to be on. Grateful for um, the opportunity. And um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining me on the Beyond the Water Cooler podcast. What's the one thing you will take away from this conversation to think about or do differently? I'd love you to join the club to stay in the loop and be the first to hear about exciting things I'm developing, including free downloadable resources. The link to sign up is in the show notes. I hope this episode has got you thinking about how you can make a real difference to the people you work with and how well you and those around you are engaging and thriving. Let's continue the conversation about the points raised in this episode. Or perhaps you have other questions about employee experience and performance. Email me at It's Time for Change, connect with me on LinkedIn, or why not pick up the phone? I love to walk and talk. My details are in the notes. Before next time, please give me a thumbs up on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And for an extra brownie point, leave me a short review. Let's spread the messages far and wide. Bye for now.